comprehensive, relevant, and insightful conversations about health and medicine happen here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. The prostate is part of the male reproductive system, a walnut-sized gland that for nearly 200,000 Americans will develop cancer. The good news is that the five-year survival rate of men in the United States diagnosed with prostate cancer is almost 100%. This, says MedStar Health Radiation Oncologist Dr. Stephen Ronson, is because of excellent treatment options. He is joining me here today at MedStar Franklin Square Medical Center in Baltimore to talk about one of them, CyberKnife. I'm your host, Deborah Schindler. Dr. Ronson, welcome to Doc Talk. Thank you for having me, Deborah. CyberKnife sounds like it might be some kind of robotic surgery, but it actually refers to a painless, non-invasive approach to destroy cancer tumors in the prostate. And it's really not a knife at all. No, CyberKnife is a, it's a linear accelerator. It's a machine that can very precisely and accurately deliver doses of radiation to the prostate and other areas in the body uh, to treat and potentially cure cancer. Is the prostate an essential gland? Why not just take it out? So for a lot of patients, surgery is an option. And it's something that they discuss with their urologist as one of the many treatment modalities. For patients diagnosed with prostate cancer, they have the blessing and the curse of having treatment options that are all going to give them the same chance of being cancer-free at five years and at 10 years. And for some patients, surgery may be the right fit for them. But when there are options that are completely non-invasive and carry with them very few side effects, like the CyberKnife treatment, patients often choose non-invasive treatments. What we offer with the CyberKnife is a course of treatment that can be delivered over five visits that can provide the same level of local control, uh, the same chance of being disease-free in the years following treatment as surgery or any other modality that's available today. So during the conversation with a patient who has come to you with a diagnosis of prostate cancer, and I assume they get that elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And then they are referred to you. Yeah. Uh, how do you explain exactly what CyberKnife is? Do they balk at the thought of radiation? Kind of a buzzword nowadays. Yeah. So first of all, when patients come to see us, oftentimes it's the first time they've ever heard about radiation treatments. Maybe they've had a family member. Maybe they had a family member decades ago who received radiation treatments. And the whole specialty has evolved. With our technology now, we can deliver treatments that we weren't able to deliver in the past. We can deliver treatments which with uh, much fewer side effects. And when a patient comes to see me with a diagnosis of prostate cancer, they've often already met with a surgeon. They've heard about their surgical option. They want to see if there are other options available for them for treatment. And the way I explain it is I tell them, we're going to, number one, do a scan of you so we can see where your anatomy is. On that scan... I'm going to draw all the areas that I want to treat, and very importantly, I'm going to draw all the areas that I want to protect from radiation. It only takes at most two weeks to come up with a radiation treatment plan, and then you come in for treatments. You come into our CyberKnife treatment suite. You lie on the table. My technicians even play some music for you while you're lying on the table to help you relax. The CyberKnife machine does all the work. The treatment time is maybe 30 minutes. You don't feel anything during the treatment. You leave each day feeling the same way you felt as when you came in. And after we've done that treatment for five sessions, your cancer treatment is done. You said something interesting mm -hmm. that you draw all of the areas that you want to treat. Does that yeah. mean that there's maybe more than one 
tumor or? So it's for a case like prostate cancer, it would just be the prostate itself. It would be the portion of the glands that are on the back of the prostate called the seminal vesicles. But the majority of the drawing and contouring goes into delineating the normal tissues around the prostate. Because that's the whole point of having this incredible machine is so that we can deliver the dose to the prostate and minimize or completely eliminate radiation to the surrounding tissues. So it actually is still one beam of radiation therapy? It is. The machine delivers one beam at a time, but we may be using hundreds of beams coming in from different angles. And where those beams overlap, the dose adds up. And if we can do that in a way to where within a few millimeters the dose of radiation falls off to close to zero, then we're able to spare the surrounding normal tissues from any potential toxicity. Because what in the past has happened? Alternatively, before CyberKnife, what was happening? So historically, we've known that it takes a significant dose of radiation to control, potentially cure prostate cancer. Decades ago, we were really limited on how safely we could deliver higher doses. As the technology has improved over the decades, we've been pushing the doses higher and higher. We've also been shortening treatment times. So where previously a patient may have received very small doses out to nine weeks in order to get that dose high enough, we can now safely deliver higher daily doses over just five fractions and give the what we call the same biologically equivalent dose in a safe way and provide the same levels of cancer control in the following five years, 10 years, even 20 years. What exactly does it do to the cancer cell? It, it what kills it? It cuts off the blood supply? I mean, that's a very good question. So radiation kills cancer cells through a process called oxidative damage. It damages the DNA within the tumor cells. And when those tumor cells try and divide into two new cells, they're not able to and they die. That's how cancer hurts people, by invading into adjacent normal tissues, by invading into blood vessels and then spreading elsewhere in the body. So if we can kill those cancer cells before they're able to grow and divide and get into other tissues, into other organs, into other parts of the body, then it's a successful treatment. Cancer cells, by definition, have lost their ability to repair damage to their DNA. That's how they became cancerous in the first place. So we take advantage of that through this oxidative damage to their DNA. The damage to their DNA sticks, and when they try and divide through mitosis, they end up dying. Did you always know that you wanted to get into being a radiation oncologist when you were in school? I knew I wanted to be a physician at a very young age. When I got to medical school, I was introduced to radiation oncology pretty early on. And what drew me to it was not just the patient care. I've really gravitated toward taking care of the patient population, the cancer patient population. I think it's a it's a wonderful experience to be involved with patients and and guide them through cancer treatments. But what also drew me to this specialty was the technology. It was the cutting edge technology with the linear accelerators and not just the linear accelerators, but the computer technology, the software, what we're able to do that even five or 10 years ago didn't seem possible. It would have taken a computer the size of a truck to do the calculations that we can do on uh, a planning center that fits under our desk. Incredible.
I mean, just to hear 100% for a survival rate five years after is amazing. I'm sure it's very gratifying for you as a physician. Yes. Uh, When talking to, working with prostate cancer patients, I have the privilege of being able to give them numbers as far as local control and survival that are quite a bit higher than cancers in other parts of the body. And I usually try and point that out to them, that I rarely get to use numbers of 100% survival at five years with this stage of prostate cancer. And in doing so, I think it puts patients at ease. They know regardless of what treatment I choose, whether it's surgery, whether it's more standardized fractionated radiation, whether it's CyberKnife-based radiation, I'm going to be here in five years. And so what I try and do is educate patients, give them reasonable expectations on what to expect from the treatments with respect to both short-term and long-term side effects and help them make a decision on what treatment is best for them as an individual. And how do you come to that decision? Do they provide their own input on that? You did describe that some of them maybe don't want the surgery or can't have the surgery or it's not convenient in their life. How do you come to decide CyberKnife is the right procedure? I think it depends on each patient individually. It's what fits their personality. It depends on what treatment is going to fit into their lifestyle, fit into their, their daily routine the best. For some patients, it's a psychological thing. They know they have a cancer in their prostate and they want it out. Right. And for someone who has that mindset, surgery might be the right fit for them. When they learn about the long-term side effects of surgery versus radiation. They learn about CyberKnife. They learn how we can do the treatment in a way that's completely non-invasive. A lot of patients gravitate toward treatments with radiation and more specifically CyberKnife. Let's talk about the treatment uh, actually going for it because I understand that there's a little prep process first. And what I read was that um, there's fiducials. Did I say that right? Correct. Okay. So they have to be implanted. Yes. Tell me about that. How does that play out? How soon before the treatment itself does that have to happen? And how invasive is it? It's a minor procedure. Because the CyberKnife is so precise and the doses that we use to treat the prostate cancer are so tightly conformal around the prostate, we have to make sure we're hitting our target down to a fraction of a millimeter. And so the way we do that is... Number one, we have fiducials, or sm- they're small metal clips that go in the prostate. They're there permanently. They don't cause any long-term effects. And what it does is it allows our CyberKnife machine to be able to see the prostate in real time while the patient's getting their treatment. So for that 30 minutes that they're lying on the table getting their treatment, the CyberKnife mach- machine can see if the prostate moves at all, whether it's the patient adjusting their position couple millimeters here or there, whether it's a gas bubble coming down the GI tract and pushing the prostate forward that the patient has no control over. Wow. The machine can see that in real time and adjust to the new position of the prostate on the fly to make sure it's always hitting its target. So how do they actually get to the prostate? How are they implanted? It's a procedure that's done by a urologist. It's similar to the process where the patient had their biopsy. So they're implanted using a needle through the skin and into the prostate. But instead of taking tissue out, they're putting small metal clips in. 
Is it painful? Less painful than the pros- than the prostate biopsy. So when patients come to me, I tell them you've already gone through the most uncomfortable part of this process. Everything else is going to be easier. During that same procedure where we place the fiducials, we've also started using a spacer gel. It's a biogel that's put between the prostate and the rectum. And the reason we do that is because the rectal wall lies right up against the prostate. So by definition, if you are radiating the prostate, there's a portion of that rectal wall that's going to be in the treatment field. But by putting the biogel in, it creates a space between the two, and we're able to treat the prostate without having that radiation get to the get to the rectal wall, and that can reduce irritation to the rectum in the weeks after treatment. Just a simple gel. Is that protective? Yes. point of the gel is to just create space between the prostate and the rectum. It gets reabsorbed into your body within three to six months. So during the treatment itself, then they lay on the table. How do you keep them from moving? Because obviously that's very important that they don't move. Yeah. So when they're lying on the table, we have some devices we use to help keep a patient immobilized, but comfortable. And we coach the patient if they needed a break, if something were happening, like they felt they were going to cough or sneeze, we have, we can hear them in the room. We can see them. They can raise their hand. We can pause the treatment. We could even get them up up off the table if needed and then get them back on the table and start treatment right back up. And how long does the treatment last? About 30 minutes, maybe at most 40 minutes. How many treatments are there that they have to get? It's a total of five treatments. It's given every other day. So a patient, for example, might come in on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday. And for each session, again, they're there 30 to 40 minutes. They don't feel anything during the treatment and they leave. They can drive themselves into treatment and they can drive themselves home. How do you know that it's successful after five treatments? How can you be sure? The way most prostate cancers are detected is through a blood test called PSA. And when that blood test comes back elevated, it's a sign that there could be prostate cancer. Patient then goes on to have a biopsy, which can confirm it. And what we do in the months to years after treatment is we track the PSA. So they'll have PSA tests done every three or six months. And as long as that PSA level is dropping or has dropped and remains low, then we're happy. And we tell the patient all signs point to the fact that you are in remission and we're going to continue to track your PSA. And every follow-up visit that they come to where they have a dropping or low PSA, the chance of it coming back goes down. Have you seen cases where that has happened, where they have come back and they've had it again? It's rare, but it does happen. It depends on the stage. So when patients present with a more advanced prostate cancer, the chance of it coming back is higher than if someone comes in for the first time with a very early stage prostate cancer. Explain stereotactic radiosurgery. SRS, and Stereotactic Body Radiation Therapy, SBRT. Those are terms used to describe what the CyberKnife machine can deliver. So getting into the technical details, Stereotactic Radiosurgery is the term used to describe when the CyberKnife delivers a single fraction of radiation therapy, and Stereotactic Body Radiotherapy is used to describe treatment when the CyberKnife delivers multiple fractions of radiation therapy to the body, anywhere outside the brain. There are other terms that are used 
and they get more complicated. There's um, stereotactic body radio surgery. That would be a single fraction to the body. And some even use uh, stereotactic ablative radiotherapy, S-A-B-R. They're all terms that are used to describe high doses of radiation in five fractions or less anywhere in the body or the brain with the intent of ablating or completely getting rid of the cancer in that location. So either one of those could be used for a prostate case? So technically, when we talk about CyberKnife to the prostate, that would be considered SBRT. Okay. Stereotactic body radiotherapy. Is CyberKnife something that you would consider? Would you would would that be your choice as a man? Yes, absolutely. Not just because I work in the department and I could walk over to the CyberKnife suite and get my treatment and head back to my desk, but I've seen so many great outcomes. I've seen so many patients go through the treatment with with few side effects. Uh, patients come back in months, years later, and they're just thrilled with the fact that their PSA is extremely low or even undetectable. And all of those success stories that we've had uh, have shown me that if I were to ever get diagnosed with prostate cancer, CyberKnife would be my number one treatment choice. When your patients come in for the treatment, are they concerned about mortality or are they more concerned about erectile dysfunction? I would say once they've been educated on prostate cancer and they know about the high survival rates and the very high local control rates, and we've put them at ease that based on their stage, if it's an early stage, we have a very high probability of controlling this, of potentially curing this. Then the worry goes to, well, with the treatment, what are the side effects? And erectile dysfunction can be a potential side effect in the months to years after treatment. One thing I, that I think is it's important to know is that it's a potential side effect from any one of the treatment modalities that a patient chooses. It's a potential side effect with surgery. It's a potential side effect with the more standardized fractionated radiation. And it's a potential side effect with CyberKnife. And the incidence is a, about equal across all of them. So it's something that Every patient with prostate cancer is going to have to deal with when they get their prostate cancer treated. And what we normally see is that in about a third to a half of our patients, they see some degree of decline in their erectile function in the months to years after treatment. And the treatment for that is a medication like Viagra, like Cialis. And we can give that to our patients if it's an issue. Mm -hmm. And... In a lot of our patients, we can successfully help them with that. What about fertility? Does CyberKnife have any impact on fertility? So what's important to know is that the prostate gland produces about 90% of the fluid that's in semen. When the prostate is either surgically removed or radiated, it no longer provides that fluid. Men can still ejaculate, but the amount of fluid that comes out is almost none. It doesn't completely rule out the chance of fathering a child. We tell patients this is not a radiation vasectomy, mm. okay? You could still potentially impregnate a woman, but if it was not more of an issue of them wanting to have children, we would need to talk about sperm banking because the possibility of getting your partner pregnant would be significantly lower right. compared to before treatment. Have you ever had any cases where someone did? No, okay. we haven't had any cases where someone got their partner pregnant, but that was not their intent. Wow. 
But it can still happen. That's it can pretty- potentially happen, but the likelihood is quite low. Can CyberKnife be used to treat other prostate issues, say, for example, enlarged prostate? We would only use it if a patient was diagnosed with prostate cancer. In the months to years after treatment, we sometimes see the prostate shrink from the radiation treatments. It's not something we usually promise to patients if they have an enlarged prostate and they have urinary symptoms from that BPH is what it's called, benign prostatic hypertrophy. We sometimes see their urinary symptoms improve because the radiation shrinks their prostate a little bit, but it's not something we usually tell them is a guarantee to happen. Well, it sounds like a great option. Five treatments, 30 minutes each treatment for prostate cancer. Do you use CyberKnife for other types of cancer? We do. So it can be used to treat cancer just about anywhere in the body. We have a very active CyberKnife program uh, with our neurosurgeons for CNS malignancies, uh, malignancies of the central nervous system of the brain. We use it for treating cancers in the spine. We can use it for lung cancer, early stage lung cancer pancreatic cancer, uh, tumors in the liver. So they're just about anywhere in the body. The CyberKnife can very accurately and precisely target tumors and deliver doses with the intent to ablate and control them long-term. So it's a high dose of radiation, but there's no burn to the skin? No. When we're treating tumors that are located more centrally in the body, so we're talking several centimeters away from the skin, the prostate's deep inside the body, the dose to the skin is negligible and the patient wouldn't notice any skin changes. Wow. If there is a target that's close to the skin, a patient might have some irritation of the skin. What's the most common misconception do you think patients come to you when you're discussing treatment options? What do you think the most common misunderstanding or misconception is? The questions that I get asked a lot, and I completely understand them, um, because most people don't understand how radiation is delivered and what radiation really is, is the number one question I get asked is, when I leave the department, am I going to be radioactive? Oh, interesting. uh, The answer is no. So there are some procedures where we actually do implant radioactive sources in patients, and they leave the department emanating out a very low dose of radiation. They are educated on the do's and don'ts. Once they leave our department, they are given a little card so they don't get pulled into a dark room at the airport if they set off a radiation detector. But when we do traditional external beam radiation therapy, when we do CyberKnife, the only time any radiation is actually detectable is when the machine is on. Mm -hmm. So as soon as that machine turns off, there's no radiation in the room. The patient is not radioactive at all. They do not glow when you turn off the lights and they can go home. They can be near family members. They can hold their grandkids in their lap and read them books. These are all questions we've been asked and I understand why they're asking the question and I enjoy alleviating their concerns and telling them, yes, you can go about all your normal activities and be around family members. You can do everything you normally do. You can leave the department after a cyber knife treatment and go to the golf course and play 18 holes if you want. It's completely safe. It sounds like a happy result. Yes. Do you love what you do? I do. I love being involved in the journey of cancer patients from diagnosis through treatment into remission. I love seeing long-term follow-up patients who are success stories. I'm seeing patients now who are coming back to me for 10-year, 11-year, 12-year follow-up visits 
after finishing treatment. And I feel like I've gotten to know them not just as a patient, but as a person, getting to know them and their family, seeing their journey through this. It's been very rewarding. What's next for CyberKnife, do you think? Um, What would make it better? What do you think is on the horizon for radiation therapy? We recently just upgraded our CyberKnife with a new treatment planning software package. It's really helped uh, reduce treatment times. So in the past, a treatment that may have taken 45 minutes to an hour now probably takes less than 30 minutes. Using the exact same machine, it was a software upgrade. So we very well could see additional improvements from that perspective. There's always new clinical trials being done, new data coming out about how successful CyberKnife is with respect to treating cancers in other parts of the body. And we keep our finger on the pulse of all that data. And if we are alerted to new data that tells us that CyberKnife is not only appropriate, but highly successful in treating a new type of cancer, we will offer that to our patients. Is there anything else about treating prostate cancer using CyberKnife that um, you want people to know? What would be your final message? If someone is interested in learning more about CyberKnife for prostate cancer, we provided access online to a portal where you can um, call us. You can schedule a telephone visit with one of our physicians to discuss CyberKnife for prostate cancer. And the whole process from speaking with one of us on the phone to getting the additional tests and procedures done to receiving treatment and then at that point being considered in remission can be less than 30 to 60 days. So it's really a process that we're proud of, that we've refined and made efficient so that patients don't have to wait for weeks or months for appointments to become available. We get patients in quickly and we get their treatments going so that they won't have to have any more sleepless nights. Well, thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on MedStar Health Doc Talk. For more information on CyberKnife for prostate cancer, visit medstarhealth.org backslash prostate treatment or call 443-777-8822.